Hello and welcome to another episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Wells, joined today by co-host Dustin Myers. We are partners at Longitude, a hospitality branding and design group. At Future Hospitality, our goal is to interview the brightest minds in the industry, gathering insights, ideas, and inspiration to share with you. If you enjoy the podcast, please be sure to leave us a review. Thank you for your support. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with O'Shannon Burns, Ecosystem Steward at Regenerative Travel, a collection of independent resorts and hotels committed to providing immersive experiences while making a social and environmental impact in their local communities. During our conversation, we'll learn more about regenerative travel and how our industry can help foster the ideas of regeneration in the minds of travelers and together make the future of travel and tourism even brighter. Well, let's go ahead and dive in. Oh, Shannon, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Well, first off, maybe for those who aren't familiar with regenerative travel, maybe just give us an overview of what that is and um, what you guys do there. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I always like to start with describing the concept of regeneration from my perspective, because one of the things that we get a lot of questions about at regenerative travel is what's the difference between sustainability, regeneration, green, et cetera. And the concept of regeneration comes from other industries and spaces, especially in the agricultural and building spaces. And the idea is that when we generally think about greening something or making it more sustainable, a lot of times we kind of think about it from the perspective of doing less bad, of trying to make something that's problematic better. And the idea of regeneration is that we actually have to completely take a step back and embrace a more holistic approach where we're really reimagining what our place is in the world as humans um, and really returning to a mindset where we're participating in nature and really understanding our role on the planet in the context of this broader ecosystem. So like one of my, my title at regenerative travel is ecosystem steward. And one of the ways that you can think about this is kind of moving away from the idea that we need to engineer everything and that we actually can more act as a steward where we're acknowledging that many things are happening in the ecosystem and thinking about how in our particular role, we can really nurture that so that every part of the ecosystem can be more successful. So like nature, the travel sector is incredibly complex. So it is kind of, um, it's always a little bit, I think, crazy to even call what we all work in a sector. The travel sector is built of, of so many different industries. And so I really think that this application, this mindset, this change in thinking um, really serves the travel sector in particular because none of us are really in control of, of what's going on from our particular spot in the industry. So um, that that's kind of how I think about the concept of our generation and, and regenerative travel. 
Regenerative Travel, the company, was founded by a hotelier named David Leventhal. David owns a hotel in Mexico called Playa Viva, and he collaborated with a company called Regenesis to ideate and design and build the hotel concept. And um, after Playa Viva was built, David often had guests saying to him, I love what Playa Viva stands for. I love that when I come here, I know my vacation aligns with my values. I love that I'm doing much more than going on vacation. I'm supporting your work um, to create positive uh, social and environmental impact, but I don't want to come to Mexico every year. Where else in the world are there incredible hotels like yours? And that really sparked the idea for David to look for other properties around the world um, who also were really trying to change their communities for the better um, and the travel industry for the better. So yeah, so that's what we're focused on at Regenerative Travel. And although we really are at our core, a collection of hotels, a collection of small independent hotels, we also, um, because Regenerative Travel has become such a buzzword over the past two years, we often also find ourselves kind of in these conversations in the industry about what regenerative travel is. And we've realized that, you know, we do want to really do what we can beyond the collection to shift how our industry thinks about regeneration. And, um, and so we also think a lot about how we can kind of spur that sort of systemic change within the industry. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I think it's, you know, I think it's so important to um, when you're kind of defining and shaping a new industry um, or a new concept like regenerative travel uh, to make sure like the definition is that everyone's kind of on the same page and speaking the same language, because otherwise it can get very convoluted, as I'm sure you've found um, as you're as you guys are trying to build this um, idea. Um, you know, people are have different concepts or ideas or perceptions about what that term means. So. I think it's really important, like you said, to to try and define that with good guardrails. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, in the travel industry and sustainability in general, there's, you know, we don't have one standard or a couple of standards that really, um, you know, we all come around and understand. And so um, I've been really inspired over the past couple of years um, in how the concept of regeneration has resonated both with industry stakeholders and honestly with, with travelers, which has been really inspiring too. Yeah, definitely. So I, I would love to hear a little bit more about how you got into regenerative travel too and this this idea and how you kind of you know met the team and, and got engaged there and what that looked like. Yeah. So I feel like most people in the travel industry kind of come in sideways or have some unexpected route in. Um, I have a background in sustainability, climate and conservation, and I worked at National Geographic for a decade. Half of that time, I was on the nonprofit side of National Geographic collaborating with the hundreds of explorers that Nat Geo would uh, fund each year to do field work. And 
uh, at that time, National Geographic's travel business was really exploding and they were looking for people to join the team who had this deep network with Nat Geo Explorers and had worked on some of the nonprofit programs because the, the goal with the travel program was to really reflect the work that was being done at National Geographic to immerse people in that work and also um, to have National Geographic explorers and photographers join the trips. So um, that's how, so I started out in um, tour operations uh, in the travel business. And that's really where I learned everything that I know about travel. Um, the Nat Geo travel business was so diverse. Um, so I got to work in a lot of different segments of the travel industry while I was there, including um, supporting our National Geographic Unique Lodges of the World program, uh, which was also a hotel collection. Um, I also, while I was there, saw a lot of these systemic issues in the in the travel industry. And again, we had some fantastic partners that I got to work with there who also were quite cognizant of some of the damaging effects that tourism was having. And so I created Nat Geo Travel's sustainability strategy and then started working with our team to implement that. Um, and so, yeah, I, I had spent a decade at National Geographic and I was just really ready to do something new. And so at the beginning of 2020, I left Nat Geo and I've been, um, I've always been really interested in these models for sustainability and regeneration. And, it, you know, in the tourism sector, there are so many different ways that we um, can and need to change the industry to move toward more regenerative models um, from, you know, the way that destinations are governed to um, how tourism efforts are funded, um, the data that we all look at and, um, and benchmark to. But um, one of the ways that I think we can really make a change here is by looking at business models in the travel industry. And so that's really what first connected me with the regenerative travel team and why I was interested in joining the team because it really is a collection of hotels who are out there doing the work. And the goal of regenerative travel is to create a community so that they don't feel so alone in that work um, and they can share best practice. And we can also support them in, um, in ways that small independent hotels might not be able to access uh, resources otherwise. And so I'm really interested in how we can work together with all of the hotels to really demonstrate this model of regenerative hospitality, um, not just in the individual places where their hotels are located, but um, really zooming out and showing that this is something that can work anywhere in the world. Yeah, that's really, really cool. I'm curious how you go about adding resorts to the collection and what are some of the common themes that exist between all of the, all of the properties? Yeah, great question. Um, we definitely seek out properties that we think are a good fit for the collection. Um, but we also, and some of our, um, actually some of our newest members 
have come to us and said, how do I become a member of regenerative travel? And um, again, I think that really speaks to the fact that there is, there is definitely a need for this in the world and that it's very uh, difficult for consumers to find experiences and feel confident that experiences they're booking will align with their values. But there's also a real need for this in the hotel space where, again, if you're an independent hotel who's really out there on your own um, trying to figure this out, um, we find that those hotels who are doing something pretty different are are the ones that come to us and say, I want to be a part of this. I want to learn from other hotels. I want to share what I've learned so that people don't make the same mistakes. And um, that's really the essence of what the community is all about. Um, But as far as kind of how we determine if a hotel is a good fit for the collection, um, we always say that First and foremost, and and most important really, is understanding if there's an alignment in values between uh, what we're doing and what the hotel is doing. And um, so we actually start um, most of our kind of vetting or onboarding of new hotels with a call um, with the owner or, or general manager, senior team to really understand what their values are, um, why they're interested in regenerative travel and, um, and yeah, how they want to learn and grow. Um, we do also have a self-assessment that we have every new hotel fill out. And it's a combination of questions, making sure that they meet our minimum criteria but also, again, getting them in the headspace of um, really evaluating their own performance, how they think that they're doing on a range of different standards that we have, and identifying the areas where they want to, to again, grow or do better. Um, and then once you're a part of the community, all of our hotels collect um, 29 different data points on an ongoing basis. And that's really how we're able to create a culture of accountability within the community. That's really interesting. It's, it, it's obvious you guys have very high standards and, you know, for what you want as a, you know, a property as a part of your collection. Have you just out of curiosity, have you ever had to uh, and you don't have to tell us which property, but have you ever had to decline um, someone from joining um, for any reason? And what did that you know, look like if so? Yes, we have. And, um, you know, we one of the things we always say is that um, regeneration is aspirational. So, you know, I say, yes, we have declined properties, but I, I would say that we more have just reflected back to them where they are on their journey. And of course, having this brand, we have to hold a certain standard that we feel is necessary to be called a regenerative resort. But one of the things our team has been working on uh, over the past six months is how can we also support those properties that maybe aren't quite there yet, but want to get there? So we're really interested in that as well. Um, and thinking about how instead of a decline, it can be a 
here's where we see that you're at. And here are some of the things that you might need to work on um, to qualify to be part of the collection. And any hotel, you know, who doesn't meet our criteria currently, we definitely welcome them um, to come back to us when they feel they meet the criteria. That's really good. I like how you, um, it's not just a no, but it's like, here's how you can improve, you know, here's kind of a path forward. Um, I think that's really cool. Do you have any examples of properties that have implemented strategies that you could share with us? Yeah, this is, I I think this is the most fantastic part about my job is, um, again, having these conversations with hotels and hearing about what they're doing. And I find so often, actually, that the hotels themselves you know, they don't realize how um, inspiring um, their work is until you kind of have that conversation with them and tell them, I haven't heard about other people doing this or wow, this is, um, you know, it feels really unique. Um, And so, you know, I I think there's kind of a couple of areas where um, you would, you know, you would classically think of sort of regeneration, conservation, sustainability uh, in the hotel context. So of course, in the building design, we have um, so many properties innovating on building design. Um, And one one property that recently joined our collection, Gangti Lodge in Bhutan, um, I love the way that they talk about um, their approach to designing the hotel, which was really that um, they wanted to get away from the feeling of a hotel and instead have you feel like you were um, coming to somebody's home in Bhutan. And so every architectural detail there, they really took inspiration from traditional Bhutanese farmhouses. And, um, And so there's this amazing... Um, harmony with the landscape um, that Gangti Lodge has, um, kind of an, some of the architectural elements nod to monasteries, um, the, the color scheme at the hotel um, is all uh, vegetable-based colors that are traditionally used in Bhutanese homes. The art um, has been painted by local monks. So Again, really thinking about how the hotel building itself can uh, embody the place where it is so that when you go there, you feel like you're uniquely in that place. Um, And then, yeah, again, obviously many of our hotels are engaging in some really impressive conservation efforts. Um, Another hotel that recently joined the collection, Samara in South Africa, Um, I love their story because they are in a part of South Africa that is not actually uh, a traditional safari destination that you would think of. Instead, they're located in in a part of South Africa that um, has for many years been an area where conventional farming has taken place. And so they purchased 67,000 acres of land there and through the hotel operations have really been looking at how they can regenerate that landscape. And that approach is um, very multi-pronged and community-based. So they're not just looking at 
you know, uh, rewilding, uh, planting native vegetation. They're also looking at, um, you know, why people in this area have become so dependent on conventional farming and how they can help build um, resiliency so that they are not dependent on that anymore. Um, and, And actually during the pandemic, they've started farming the land regeneratively as well. Um, so kind of an ode to the roots of the place, but um, again, like really shifting the perspective on how farming can happen there. Um, but I also get really inspired by some of the like just basic nitty gritty things that are happening at some of our properties. Um, Like I said, in 2021, we started requiring our properties to collect data. And over the past few months, our uh, property Tranquilo Bay in Panama has been posting on social media uh, about what they've learned in the process of collecting this data. And it's incredibly inspiring um, and also eye-opening to how a regenerative property really does make an impact in the local community. And now now they have the data to show that, um, you know, they can report that um, I think it's more than 90% of their employees are from that region. Um, And so I, I, I like this too, this idea that just doing the regenerative work is not enough. Um, We really need to find ways to share that story and share the work that we're doing so that other people can learn and we can amplify our impacts even beyond just individuals or an individual hotel. Yeah, definitely. How many uh, properties do you guys currently have? Yeah, so we have 38 properties in the collection currently, and we're actually about to open up our application again. Um, We are definitely um, growing every day. So um, we have a couple of other properties that are in in the wings that we'll be announcing shortly. Definitely. Yeah. And it's, you know, each of the properties are just so inspiring and, you know, I want to visit every single one. And, you know, I think (laughs) it's, it's really, you know, obviously special what you guys are doing and and what you're the, how you're curating um, these properties and, you know, the, the ideals that you're, you know, um, bringing to light in each of them. Um, You know, I think obviously you guys right now are primarily focused on like resorts and it seems like a lot of um, more remote or rural destinations. Um, I'd be curious your thoughts on like how, um, this concept of regeneration and regenerative travel can translate from like more of a rural or remote destination. Um, you know, those types of resorts into maybe an urban setting and what that could look like. If you guys, have you guys had any sort of interest from properties in more of an urban market? Yeah, it's a great question and one that we thought a lot about when we created our standards. We felt strongly that the standard should not exclude a property um, because of its geography or location and that we should try and make the standard as inclusive as possible. Um, And so, yes, we actually have a couple of hotels in the collection who have Um, sister hotels uh, or properties that are more urban that are working now to see 
how they need to um, change their operations to to meet the standard. Um, but I, I also, I live in Washington, D.C., a very urban place. And um, actually just this week, I um, had an opportunity to sit down with a couple of folks from Eaton Hotel. Um, they have two hotels, one in Hong Kong and one in Washington, D.C. And I am really inspired by what they're doing in the urban space. And they have really taken the principles of regeneration and thought um, very carefully about what it means for an urban community to be regenerative. And, and um, just to give a, a couple of examples, they, they really built the hotel uh, to also serve as a community space for people here in Washington, DC. And in my opinion, some of the best parts of the hotel are those community spaces. Even if you're staying there as a guest, you get to um, be immersed in local art. When, we, when I was there the other day, there were a group of climate activists meeting there. Um, so you really feel like you're getting the essence of what Washington DC is all about when you're in Eaton Hotel. And, um, and they have really also tried to support local organizations focused on the environment, focused on um, activism around social impact. And so in my mind, you know, they, they're doing very similar work to our hotels in more rural places. And I, I think it's one example um, of many of how urban hotels um, can can definitely meet the regenerative, can aspire toward this regenerative model and standard. We had talked previously about how um, the conscious consumer has been evolving. And I know you guys have done some research around that. Is there anything you can share with the audience as far as like what you guys have been seeing, what you've been learning and, and uh, where you see uh, that evolving into the future? Yeah. Um, so actually, I did some research um, at the tail end of my tenure at National Geographic, where we asked both the general public and National Geograph Geographic customers um, a, a series of questions about what they thought about sustainability and travel. And um, it was really clear in that research that consumers just don't understand what sustainability means in the travel context. Um, largely, they assume that sustainable tourism meant um, something environmental. And they also were pretty, I, I would say, confused about what it meant for them as travelers. So some of the respondents would think that you were saying, oh, we're only talking about very remote eco lodges in pristine uh, environments. And then on the other end of the spectrum, we would see uh, people responding that it meant, oh, I need to bring my water bottle and Tupperware on vacation so that I'm not generating trash. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, there was just a real disconnect in understanding sustainability and travel. And um, 
So what I've been excited about over the past couple of years is really seeing this concept of regeneration resonate with consumers. And this simple idea that when I travel, I should not be degrading the place. I should be supporting efforts to make a place better. Um, And that travel is a privilege and that we should all, you know, not do so mindlessly. And it's amazing. I, you know, consumers are really more tapped into this now than I've ever seen before. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, at the same time, I think we would be foolish to think that that, um, that change in consciousness and understanding from the consumer side is going to change these really big challenges that we are up against. And um, I, you know, we, when it comes to addressing things like over tourism, like climate change, we need to really look at the governance models we have in destinations. We need to look at the incentive structure for businesses and how though that governance and that incentive structure is maybe leading us toward a de- degenerative path. And actually just this morning, I was reading a little bit about what's happening in Hawaii right now. And I think it's, it's really interesting. Um, we're seeing a lot of pressure on the tra- travel industry in Hawaii um, post COVID-19. And, uh, I, I think that one of the things we tend to do also in the travel industry is think of travelers as our only client. And we are so dependent on communities. Um, that really is the product that we sell. And so we need to treat those stakeholders, um, just as importantly as we treat, uh, travelers, and I think if we if we shift our mindset toward that, there's a lot of possibility toward um, moving toward our regenerative models in tourism. Yeah, that's really interesting. I know uh, Dustin was just recently in in Hawaii, and you know, over the course of this the last eighteen months with everything that's happening, I know that it's kind of been this challenge of. Um, you know, tourism market in Hawaii is, is so important to that economy. Yet at the same time, like you said, this, this idea of like degenerative um, harm that's done because of over tourism. And, you know, you see that in other markets, like, you know, in Italy and other types of areas. Um, but, you know, I think it's important, like you said, we, we work with customers a lot, you know, the clients we work with when we're defining like an audience or like who we want to impact um with a brand message or with our communication and it's oftentimes like you said just the customer or guest or a traveler that comes up in that but um in some occasions you know we've the client has wanted to make an impact in the community so that becomes an audience of theirs and i think that's so cool that you brought that up that you know it's not just you're not just trying to make an impact to a to your you know your bottom line and trying to get more guests in the doors, but you also have to make an impact in your local communities. And I think um, that's something that's really special from the sounds of it, from the properties you guys have in your, in your collection. Yeah. And, you know, like (laughs) kind of the theory that I talked about early on in our conversation, this is where I feel it really comes into play because um, 
bottom lines are relative, right? And when you look at some uh, of the destinations, for example, um, in in Thailand, where they've had to close down whole islands um, because they're so degraded, um, if you're a hotel near or on one of those islands, that's, um, you know, probably going to end your business. So again, I think pulling back sometimes, and I love this idea that you're working with clients to think about this in a more holistic way, because I think we all need to just um, acknowledge the greater ecosystem that our businesses are a part of and really embrace that thinking to make sure that we're we're resilient against long-term impacts and COVID-19 has revealed that um you know better than anything and we've had actually some of our hotels have done some great thinking around this uh one of our hotels is on a remote island off the coast of Tanzania and they have been in business for 28 years. They built their business completely to uh, preserve the ecosystem there and to um, support the community, especially in health and education. And when COVID-19 happened and there were no more travelers coming to Chilliam Genie, they, um, you know, there was no income for any of those activities. And so uh, Jean and Anne, who own Chilliam Genie, have been thinking quite a bit about how through their business, they created a dependency on tourism. And they still do not have tourists there. And they, for the past six months, have been working on a number of projects to actually diversify um, the uh, income of the community and their resilience away from tourism. And, you know, I've talked to Jean quite a bit about this and he, he feels like it was a mistake to not think about um, the potential of something like a pandemic or some other disruption that could really put a pause on tourism and how reliant they all were on the income coming in from tourists. So I think, again, I think it's a great time for all of us to sort of take that more holistic approach to how we're running our businesses. Definitely. Yeah. I think the, uh, this pandemic has obviously forced a lot of businesses to rethink their model and pivot and make some tough decisions. So, um, you know, I think, the future is is hopefully a lot brighter and you know kind of as we end our time here today i'd love to hear about as you look into the future um you know what things excite you and uh, regarding the travel hospitality industry and uh, regenerative travel and what you're looking forward to yeah again i never thought i would be in the travel industry and i think the reason why I, the re, when I look back, the reason why I was drawn to the travel industry and the reason why I'm still so interested in working within travel is because travel opens up this ability for us all to connect deeply with each other. And during this pandemic, again, it's so our need as humans to have those deep connections is so obvious to us all now. And 
we've all had a lot of time to reflect on that too. And I think this is a great opportunity for all of us to rethink the trajectory that we're on and um, and really about, again, those levers that can change the, the bigger systems that we're all a part of. And that's what I'm excited about. I, uh, you know, obviously COVID-19 was such a challenge for the industry, but working at regenerative travel, you hear from so many people who weren't thinking about um, regeneration prior to the pandemic or weren't thinking about it in the same way. And there is this growing body of knowledge and conversation and um, changes that uh, I think we can make right now that are really going to reshape the future of the industry. I think we're really at a pivot point um, where each of us individually can have a lot of impact. Absolutely. Well, Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. We're huge fans of what you're doing and the movement that's being created. And we look forward to watching as it grows. If people want to learn more about you and the work that you're doing, how can they do that? Yeah. Uh, regenerativetravel.com. We, in addition to learning more about the resorts, uh, you can also, uh, we have a number of resources there, including we've um, hosted a number of webinars. Uh, we have an annual summit that we just uh, completed virtually that um, you can watch after the fact. Um, and yeah, and I personally am on LinkedIn and always happy to connect and, and meet like-minded people in the industry. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was, it was fun. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Future Hospitality Podcast. If you enjoyed today's topic and episode, please leave us a review. If you'd like to learn more about Longitude, you can visit longitudebranding.com to see our portfolio of design work, read our insights blog, and learn more about our team. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Longitude Branding.